Hi, this is Pastor Jack C. Pigeon, and this is Living with Purpose. We're glad that you've joined us today. We are continuing our study on thinking with purpose, and uh, so we are going to just jump into the Word today. We're glad that you've joined us. I uh, encourage you to invite some other people to watch these videos. You know, there's a whole series that we've been doing for months and months now, and uh, it's just kind of talking about, you know, a lot of times in life, um, our victories and defeats are not what take place in our natural realm. They really take place in our mind first. And uh, how we think is a very, very big determining factor on whether we succeed or whether we fail. And so the Bible, so thankfully, has so much to say about our thoughts and our thinking. And really what God wants to do, this uh, bottom line, is He wants to take His thoughts and give us to, to us, and so that we can think God's thoughts. And I know for a lot of people, that's just a really out there theory or, or principle, but in reality, you know, if we start thinking like God, we'll start acting like God. When we start acting like God, we'll start living like God. And how many of us know that that is just the, the, the good life, the blessed life, is when we are operating and functioning in the kingdom the way that God created us to. You know, Adam and Eve, they had a great time in the garden. They walked like God. They talked like God. They thought like God. They fellowshiped with God. There was no broken fellowship with them in any way, shape, or form. They actually, think about this, they actually thought like God. So we're going to get into the study today, and we're going to start in Romans chapter 8. And this is kind of where our jumping off part is. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 6. Um, I tell you what, let's back it up. Let's begin in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. So really what we're saying is, and when we've kind of, in the previous weeks, we've kind of defined what these two types of people are. To be carnally minded means that I am still thinking fleshly, earthly, circumstantial thoughts. Um, I, as a born-again believer, I'll even throw this out there, I, as a born-again, spirit-filled believer, if I do not renew my mind, if I do not do what Romans chapter 12, verse 2 tells me when it says to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I might prove what is good and acceptable. If I, as a believer, do not take this word and begin to not just read it, um, not just carry the book around, um, not just go to church with it, but to actually get this book out, get into this book for myself, find out what God is saying to me, and then I take what He says, and His things are, are higher. His thoughts are higher. His thoughts are spiritual. His thoughts are far more than what I could ever imagine. And I begin to renew my mind with not what the world says about me, not what people say about me, not what um, circumstances say about me, but I start talking the way that God talks about me. I begin to actually change the way that I think. 
And, and that, like I said at the beginning, man, that is the key to success, is I need to change the way that I think. And this is a process that I'm endeavoring to do all the time. So I can be a born-again, spirit-filled believer, but if I don't change the way that I think, I am not going to grow. I'm going to stay stunted in that area. Let me give you an example. I, I like baseball examples. When I was First starting to coach Little League Baseball, my, my, my first son, Jack, was going to play Little League Baseball. So we get on the baseball team. Uh, because we signed up kind of late, Jack was kind of shifted to a team that kind of was with the rest of people that signed up late. So as far as a skill level goes, it wasn't a great team. A lot of these boys could barely catch. They couldn't throw. You know, Jack was automatically kind of our A player. He was a really good little baseball player. And so we would... You know, we practice with these kids, but honestly, you know, they're 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 kicking, making holes in the outfield. They're chasing butterflies. These kids were not what you would call, you know, major league ready baseball kids. They were kids, and so we're coaching them the best that we can, and we're doing the best that we can. And so we started playing these other teams. The season starts. Well, I came up against another coach. And this coach had actually played professional baseball. He'd actually pitched in, I believe, the Cubs organization for a couple of years. He knew baseball. And baseball was his passion, and he was good at it, and he coached it well, and his team reflected his coaching. Well, in our little league, you know, you could do what was called run the score up. And so we would play this one team, and you know they'd be up on us by 10 or 15 points, runs, but they wouldn't stop. And all of a sudden, my emotions, my, hey, this isn't fair, this isn't right, why are you, why are, you know, you've already beat us, why are you rubbing our face in it? And it really began to make me mad. And to a point, after one game, I almost had a baseball bat in my hand, dragging it across the field to go have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with this coach about the way that he coached. Well, this is a wonderful opportunity for change. I had to change the way that I thought. And so I went into the scriptures and I got into Corinthians and I found out that I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things had passed away. Behold, all things had become new. And so what I would have to do is I'd have to purpose in my heart when we would play this specific team. He never changed. And the way that he played the game never changed. But what I had to do is I had to change the way that I thought. And so I would coach first base, and when they were playing us, I would just constantly over and over. But the, the days before I would play this team, over and over, I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a new creature. Well, you know what? By the end of the season, my thinking had changed. What this coach was doing wasn't personal. This is just how he taught these boys how to play the game. Uh, he wasn't breaking any rules. He wasn't cheating. He wasn't rubbing our kid's face in it. He wasn't demonstrative. He wasn't arrogant about it. He was a baseball coach, and he was teaching his kids, giving them the best advantage for them to be the best baseball player that they could be. But you know what? Because of my carnal thinking about it, it was personal. My son was on that team. You're hurting my son. You're hurting me. I don't want you to do that. Well, you know what? When we begin to recognize that we have that old Adam-like thinking, see, we have to replace our, our Adam thinking for Jesus thinking. You know, when I am dealing with all of the negative things that happen in this world, I am really identifying with Adam. 
the broken, fallen man that, that toiled and, and struggled for the rest of his life when he got kicked out of the garden. I want to identify with Jesus, the risen Lord and Savior. I want to identify, I want to think those thoughts. And so I had to constantly keep renewing my mind to change the way that I think about that situation. Now, that coach and I have been good friends for years. He actually has taught me more about baseball than any other coach I ever played with. And uh, it was so interesting. The way that I, when I changed the way that I thought about him, it even changed our relationship. So I do not want to be a carnally minded Christian. I don't want to profess to be a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. I don't want to try and walk and do the things of the Spirit, but yet I hold on to my old fleshly way of thinking. And as we get into some a little bit of new teaching, I'm going to start sharing with you how we can kind of change from that carnal to the spiritual. Let me just kind of jump to the end from the beginning. We are constantly flowing between being carnally-minded and spiritually-minded. I've really met very, very few people who are 100% spiritually minded all the time because we live in this earth, we are surrounded with circumstances, we have flesh, we have emotions, and there are going to be times when I get tempted to think carnally in spiritual situations. But what a spiritual person does is that I'm able to um, not revert back to my old way of thinking, but I'm able to look ahead and look forward. See, spiritually minded people walk in a lot of wisdom. And wisdom means I'm able to look beyond my own consequences and my own decisions. A car- carnally minded person is someone that is just impulsive. What they, they act on what they think at that moment. They don't take into consideration any consequence of what they're about to do. They're impulsive. Um, they're, they're very, very hard to actually get them to sit still and listen and be taught. They're very unteachable. And a carnal person is very unteachable because in their mind, they're wiser than 10 people that are around them. They already know everything. They, when, you, when you counsel somebody and when you're like, well, this is what the Word says and this is what they say, well, I know that. Well, I know that. Well, I know that. What they're telling me is they don't know that and that they're carnally minded. They've already made up their mind about their situation and they're not open to any instruction or correction. A spiritually minded person, we live our lives, we endeavor to live our lives to instruction and correction. If I don't let those two things work in my life, it's going to be very, very hard for me to grow in the things of God. Correction is a normal, healthy, natural part of being a Christian. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I've done something wrong and I have to be corrected. I can be ignorant of something. Maybe I just wasn't raised. Maybe I just didn't know. Well, because I, that, that doesn't make a difference when I do something. It means that I need correction. I need instruction in that area. That's what's so cool about God. God just doesn't correct us any way that he wants or just because he's mad. He's not like me who finally gets fed up and starts screaming. No, no, no. When God gives us, this is how you know that it's biblical correction because there's instruction that follows. Correction without instruction is abuse. Whenever I get corrected in a situation, God then wants to bring instruction to me as to how I can change and how I can be better in my life, if that makes sense. So we're going to kind of delve into some new information. What we're really striving for is I want to be spiritually minded. Spiritually minded people, there's life. To be carnally minded is death. I do not want to try and live a Christian life by living old thoughts. I don't want to be an Israelite still trying to think like an Egyptian. 
I don't want to be a safe person, but still trying to live as an unsafe person. I don't want to, I want to live in that one kingdom. I want to live being nourished, not from two kingdoms, but from one kingdom. And that kind of leads us into some new information that we want to start talking about. And we'll do it for the next couple of weeks, but it means being double-minded. That means when I'm flowing from being carnally minded to spiritually minded. Now we're all in that transition all the time. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but whatever I'm feeding the most in my life, that's what's dominant in my life. If I am feeding my carnal-minded thinking, if I am totally just feeding my flesh, feeding my five physical senses, doing what I want when I want, if there is pride involved with it, then I am carnally-minded. But see, what I am trying, endeavoring to do is I want to be spiritually-minded. I want to think like God thinks. I want to live unselfishly. I don't want to always just be thinking about myself. I don't always want to do something just because it benefits me. I want to be I want to be spiritually minded at all times because when I'm spiritually minded there's life. When I am carnally minded, I am really only thinking about myself. I am trying to find out what in this situation is going to be best for me. What in this how is this best going to work out for me? Even if I'm willing to give something to make it look good, it's kind of like Ananias and Sapphira. They were carnally minded. They saw a spiritual thing happen, but now they were carnally minded. They loved the praise of when the, when the person before them gave a big piece of land. Barnabas, man, the whole place went crazy for Barnabas because he had sowed this big piece of land. Ananias and Sapphira, carnally minded, said, man, we really like the attention that he got. Why don't we also take a piece of land We'll sell it. We'll keep a little bit of it. We'll keep the money for ourselves and give the rest to the church so that we can get the big accolades. Do you see how a spiritually minded person, see Barnabas, that offering, that gift set him up for life. I mean, he started traveling with Paul. I mean, he was the, 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 the encourager. I mean, it just set him up, that seed that he sown because he did it spiritually. Ananias and Sapphira, they came in, they saw a spiritual thing, but they acted, they, they looked at it carnally. They took what that gift did and they said, how can this best benefit me? You know, I want to be so wise in my giving that I want to make sure that I'm not just giving to get. There's no faith in that. That's law. I want to make sure that when I give, that I am being a blessing. I am giving it. There are no strings attached. There's no motive attached. You know, I don't want to be double-minded in anything that I'm doing. I want to make sure that all my motives are pure and that when I am giving, I'm giving for all the right reasons. Amen. Ananias and Sapphira's carnal thinking led them to death because they lied of their own free will to the Holy Spirit. They didn't lie to Peter. They lied to the Holy Spirit. And because they lied to the Holy Spirit, when the Bible talks about carnal thinking leads to death, here's a great example it led them to make a choice of their own free will that actually ended up costing them their lives. Well, the time is up. I'm so glad you've joined us today. This is Living With Purpose. I'm Pastor Jack C. Pigeon. Come join me, my wife, my family, my parents. We all go to church here at West Houston Christian Center. We have a great church. God is moving here. We'd love for you to be a part of it. We'll see you next time. Well, I loved how Pastor was talking about how we need to change the way we think. And one of the things he said was we won't grow if we don't change the way we think. And that, to me, uh, is kind of breathtaking because I don't want to be in a place 
or I'm not growing spiritually because I'm not taking the time to renew my mind and switch my thinking from carnally to a spiritual way of thinking. Amen. And what I love what he said also is our thinking has to do a lot with who we hang out with. Mm. You know, if we hang out with the wrong kind of people, we're going to think like they think. That's why I think we it's good to, for the church people uh, to hang out together because we start hearing and seeing other people's reaction. He, he talked about, Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's what we need to be doing. We need, we need to watch out who we're around because they're going to affect us in what we say and what we do. So, uh, yeah, renewing our mind is with other, other people with the same mindset. That's true. Same purpose of life. Yeah, that even makes me think about how he was talking about when he was coaching and how his, the way he thought about baseball changed just off of the level of thinking that the other coach had because of the just advanced level of play and how he had played in the, um, the major leagues. He was able to kind of have a one-up on my dad coaching. Yeah. And the longer my dad was around him, the more he kind of changed his coaching style to be like, okay, you know what, maybe if I do that, I'll be able to beat him. And uh-huh. so it's, it's funny to think about how people who think higher than us can bring us up. Well, the same way as what you're talking about, if someone's, if we're hanging around people with thinking that would bring us down, we probably will jump down to that level. Amen. Our, uh, I used to play golf with a buddy of mine, and, and we were not saved at the time. And he used to always say, I like to hang around with people that lift me up. I mean, that was his. Yeah. He didn't like to be with people that were, he felt lower than him or that were going to drag him down. He said, I like to be with people that, that make me increase. And, and, and I think that's what he's talking about when we renew our mind. We've got to be around people that have the mind, the same mindset. They have the same goal. They want to, they want to do the same things uh, for God. Uh, when your dad was talking about, how can it, as a Christian, how can we be carnal? And I remember a guy one time, uh, we were talking about tithing and, uh, he came back like a month later and he said, this stuff doesn't work because I started tithing and I didn't get nothing back. That's mm. carnally. That's carnally thing. We don't, you don't tithe to get things back. You just believe what the word of God says that when we tithe, God opens up the windows of heaven. That's his part. I don't have to worry about it. Amen. But currently thinking, well, I didn't get anything, so therefore it doesn't work. Yeah, that makes me think he made the point we can look at spiritual things from a carnal view. Oh. And the, the first thing I thought about was just giving. Like yeah. you said, I mean, I can go give and be like, okay, I hope that I get something back out of this or that you know I make my money back or whatever, instead of thinking from the spiritual sense of, if I give this to you, I don't need to get anything back Amen. from it. I sh- and I shouldn't. My blessing was in giving. Yes. That's good. And the Lord always wants to bless us, and He always does bring stuff back to us. But my mindset shouldn't be just to get something back after I get something. There you go. I like that. Yes, sir. Amen. Yeah.